0: Abide with me, abide with me. Don't let me fall and don't let go. Walk with me and never leave.
1: This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I uh, get to the privilege of being the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. I know everyone's probably glad to... You're back, Rocky. Glad to be here. <laughs> and uh, Thank you. We uh, I'll just remind everybody that the reason we wanted to start doing these podcasts, or the le- reason I did anyway, was uh, to try to... Squeeze all the wisdom we can out of Rocky, you know, uh, well he's here in this office. Doesn't take much
0: squeezing, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we love to talk about different topics about uh, using the journey, making disciples, uh, guiding groups, what discipleship looks like, challenges that are facing men, uh, just anything that God puts on our heart. and. This morning is an example of uh, God kind of put something on your heart, Rocky, and, and we just wanted to share it with the, the listeners and see where it yeah, goes and yeah. talk a little bit about something. So I'm going to start out with a, with a verse that you, you shared with me, right. and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about our topic today. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends... And you were talking to me, Rocky, earlier this morning about the applause of heaven versus the applause of man. And as a former high-level collegiate athlete, you have tried to explain to me, since I don't understand that world as much from a player perspective, I'm just a fan, how – You start learning to feed off of the applause, you know, because you, especially if you're at a high level, SEC, I mean, you know, it's a big deal. So, help us understand a little bit about that and then the things you're learning about uh, how you got to be careful uh, not to live your life for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, I don't really talk much about my past football days. Right. And baseball, too. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is that I was out of it by the time I was 23 years old. I had a couple shoulder surgeries, and that ended my baseball and my football career. And I was headed to the pros with either one of them. Yeah. I had a brief stint in the NFL, uh, and uh, and therefore, it, but it didn't didn't last because of the reasons I mentioned, uh, and God's reasons. <clears throat> and and the reason I don't mention much about my past is because I think that that was what it is. It's the past, and. I think the more that we talk about our past, the more that thing starts to get better and better and better. And uh, it becomes idealized. And, and I think it also uh, discredits people that don't have that personal experience. Mm-hmm. Because you see the applause uh, that we see uh, from people uh, is not just about athletics, is it? It's, uh, it can be in, in our work. It could be in from our parents. It could be that's where it begins, generally. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd be the students that we are with, uh, coaches, yes, teachers, yes, girlfriends, yes. I mean, there are a lot of, lot of things that we're seeking applause on. And, uh, and we grow up with it. Now in my case, I grew up with it. I started organized baseball at eight years old, and then football came later. And, I, you know, I had a lot of years in playing both. And there's one thing that's true about that, that is you have fans out there. And you have uh, fans that are for you and fans that are against you. And I'll never forget uh, playing in, at LSU in that stadium the first time we played there. And I played twice in, in that place. And, uh, and it's notorious for its noise mm-hmm. and, uh, and the enthusiasm of, of their fans and uh, and generally, as as many do, when whenever they give tickets availability for the opposing team, they put them where nobody wants to go. So they generally wind up in one of the end zones. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, you have you know a hundred thousand people that are surrounding your your field, and then in the end zone, you have your fans, and you can guess that your fans are not being heard very well. The, the other fans are the ones. Now, those fans are booing you. They're not cheering you. But our fans cheer us sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they might boo too. Hmm. And, and that goes to a point, and that is if we're looking for the approval of human beings, even if they're fans, it's fickle, right? Yeah. And it's not just football or baseball, it's life, it's in business it's everywhere that I'd mentioned
1: could be uh, your pastor
0: uh, when the approval of your pastor name it yeah yeah just name it and and you know and and the fact is is that we have to learn uh, if we're going to follow this scripture that you just read there we learn we have to learn to block out the noise uh, the applause of man and seek the applause of heaven. And it's interesting. Back to LSU, uh, we beat them down there, and uh, we beat them two times when well, three times when we played played against them. So, and uh, and the, we were lost down there on one very very close game. as last play, like in the last minute. So you know we beat them all all games. They 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 won the clock on that one. But it's interesting because all those fans that are not are, they riot, they're they're notorious for their loudness and everything, but when they're losing, they don't. You know, they, they're pretty quiet. Mm. And so when you're playing your game and you're playing it well, and you're beginning to really take a hold of the game, then guess who you start hearing? You start hearing your fans down in that end zone down there. Mm. And they're the ones now that are, are behind you. And so there's some fundamentals there about our spiritual walk. And if you consider those fans in the end zone down there, to be the plaws of heaven and if you consider the other people that are surrounding you to be to be the, uh, the evil man's minions not just the the people that are his actual demons and all of that which they're out there but the people that occupy his uh, anger occupy his words they're the ones that convey it they're the ones that boo you they're the ones that are down on you they're the ones that are critical of you and if you're seeking their approval, then you will alter your life in order to seek their approval. And we get man-pleasers out of that. We also find pastors watering down the gospel. We find they're trying to make it sociably acceptable. They're trying to crack it down so people can eat it in bite-sized chunks and not get offended by it. But the problem is, is that when they crack it down, it loses its... It loses its uh, flavor. It loses its strength, and it doesn't accomplish what it can do. So, if we enter into our day, or whatever profession we're in, whatever our role is, whether it's as a father, as a as a mother, a wife, husband, business owner, or employee, if our if our uh, purpose is to try to get the applause of those people, and we will alter our life to do that, then we will live miserable lives as Christians. But if our purpose is to listen for the applause of heaven and and make sure that this is what we're doing, that we're living our life in such a way that if no one else sees us, no one else sees the the journey we're on and the tremendous challenges that we are having to face alone, and sometimes we might be the only one that's seeking to do it the way God wants it it to be done. If we are willing to stand firm and let that be the reward that we that we are looking for, and that is, well done, son, Hmm. then we can change our world around us. Because people are looking for authenticity, Brian. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for yes men. They're looking for somebody who's real. They're looking for somebody who's willing to to really stand firm. And so um, when I read that scripture this morning, I, I I thought about that. You know, we don't commend ourselves. Uh, but but we want, we want God to be the one that commends us. Mm-hmm. And how many, we live in a world of PR, don't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, everything's bigger than life. People are bigger than life. Everything we see is bigger than life, whether it's jewelry that's bigger than life, cars bigger than life, houses bigger than life, celebrity that's bigger than life. Uh, And we feel like we don't measure up unless we are bigger than life, and then that's where a lot of hype comes in. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people, even brothers uh, and sisters who have, in Christ, who. Measure themselves by the applause of man hmm. And they began to, uh, they've been to kind of PR themselves to try to impress people by the things they've done, whether they've done them or not. And there's just something about that that just doesn't seem to set well with me hmm. because I think they're missing something. I think they're putting a burden on themselves to try to be something that they're not rather than really willing to be something that it doesn't matter what other people feel about them that they know that they're right with with God
1: it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, you know w- when you give or help someone don't mm-hmm. let your left hand know what your right hand is yeah. doing yeah. a lot of times people just feel this need to go tell somebody so people pat them on the back oh well you're really generous go, well, yeah. you, aren't you really aren't you good is yeah. that what we're talking about Yeah, now? same e- type of deal even yeah.
0: our prayers you know what Jesus said about don't stand up uh, on the corners and And proclaiming great words and all this, that, and the other so people can see you, you know? Mm -hmm. Right? Go into your secret place where God hears in secret and He'll reward you openly. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And so it's not only the giving, giving privately, giving not for the applause of people but the applause of God, it's also even in our prayers. And I don't think that we can really take on the role of a servant leader, Brian, and do it the way Jesus did it unless we uh, quit trying to make it about ourselves mm-hmm. and our glory, but it's about his glory.
1: Do you think this is, maybe not, I don't know where this will go, but do you think sometimes he allows some of those painful trials into our lives so that we'll press into him and just Him and not other people, to kind of make the point, maybe the reverse point, that, hey, I'm the one. I'm the one you can trust. I'm the one who you're doing all this for. You know, let me help you. And a lot of times we'll go to everybody else for help first Mm -hmm. and and get sympathy. We want sympathy. We want support. And there's nothing wrong with people holding each other's arms up and praying for each other and all that. But ultimately, we got to work it out with the Lord in that dark night of the soul or whatever
0: it is. Well, we don't grow uh, by letting other people be our faith right and uh, and be our comfort and we'll be always seeking them we will they will see us coming and say well there's old needy Fred mm-hmm. you know uh, we've got to find something in that in inner place that quiet place with the Lord where we can feel him saying well done I saw what you did today nobody else saw it but I saw it mm-hmm. I like the way you didn't say thump something at that moment when you were kind of ticked off and ready to lay into them, but you didn't. Why didn't you do that? I know. It's because you wanted to bring me joy, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I like to hear that. I like to hear him dialogue with me saying, hey, I, I know you, you're you dealing with a difficult time right now. I know that old nature in you wants to get out, doesn't it? I mean, it really wants to come out. But you're holding back, and um Why is that? Well, Lord, I I just think that maybe it's because I feel like you're more important to me than they are. You're more important to me than I am. And that's why. And you know him. He knows everything. He said, yeah, I know it, but I just wanted you to say it. (laughs) Because that's it. You know, it's all about us trying to have that harmonious intimate walk with Jesus. You know, this, uh, you and I were talking about this passage when they were building the wall, you know, back in uh, ancient Israel, and uh, they came across the Word of God, and and they were reading it for the first time, and the people began to weep. You remember the one I'm talking about? Yeah, Nehemiah. That's right, Nehemiah. And uh, and you know uh, Israel was pretty well defined by that that wall and that city, and and the temple later, and so when it was torn down, then they were dispersed and they had no identity. And when they were brought back, then they started rebuilding. That's always been them, you know, the way it works. And so they were coming back and they were rebuilding the wall, but they were re- rebuilding a nation, is what it came down to. And and during that building time. Uh, and they had to guard themselves when they did it, by the way, because the inhabitants around there were trying to kill them. So they had to put a brick down and hold a shield up on the other arm, you know. But during that time, uh, it was discovered that, hey, here's the Word of God, you know. And uh, and it was read aloud to the people, and, and they began weeping. And I've often wondered, well, why, why did they weep? And I, I think I know. I think that they were looking at... A city that was once mighty. It was a temple and a city, and it was a mighty, mighty, beautiful place. And it was in ruins. And when they're reading these scriptures, and it was saying, Have no other gods before me. And they read that and said, How in the world could our fathers and mothers disobey God and see where we are now because of it? And they. I got an idea they were just brokenhearted over the state of Israel and what had happened. Now, here's the beauty of God's restoration, Brian, because here's what it said. Uh, They sent word around the people and said, do not grieve anymore. Do not grieve anymore because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hmm. And that's where we get that song, the joy of the Lord is my strength, you know. And I used to think the joy of the Lord is my strength, man, when I had joy. You know, if I felt joyful, then I'm strong. Mm. But I think that's the wrong interpretation of that passage. I think what it's saying is that when you make the Lord joyful, Mm. that's your strength. When you please him, that's your strength. Now that goes to the applause of heaven versus the applause of man. Mm. Because I believe if if my purpose is to bring him joy and to bring him delight, then he's going to make me very, very strong for whatever I face out there. But if I'm, my purpose is to try to get people to applaud me and accept me and make me feel good about myself, whether it's as a athlete in the old days or a writer now, if I'm looking for the applause of man, then I'm telling you what, that is a two-edged sword. It will make you feel good one day, but they will boo you the next. Mm. And I don't want to live in that kind of seesaw life. And when my father reproves me, it's for my own good, and I'm listening. But when he says, I delight in you, my son, then I live for that. Mm.
1: You know, it reminds me of the first year I went through the journey. I think one of the things that really hit me, there are a lot of things that hit me the first year we, we did it back in 2006 in Tulsa. But towards the back end of the journey when we're talking about living it out in your family and, and there's the story of the prodigal son and all mm-hmm. that and the scene that hit me was with the older brother who was the one who thought he did everything right and was the good son and all that and was feeling like he wasn't getting enough love and, or he was kind of ticked that they are throwing a banquet for the, the brother who had been the, done all the wild stuff and just the way that the loving father came and restored him and said hey, hey, hey where Why are you being so down? You know, I see everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Everything I have is yours. And, and it was kind of like he was saying that, "Hey, I see it. I see what you do. You don't have to toot your own horn. You don't. Yeah. I, I'm with you, and I, I love you, and, and I'm proud of you. You know. And I don't know. It was it was a my one of my first steps toward more of an intimate relationship. And I'd been reading the Bible for ten years and yeah. doing journaling, and I yeah. thought, thought I had a pretty close relationship, but I think it was one of my first. Steps first realizing he was a loving daddy to me.
0: Yeah,
1: and that I think that's it. And, and it wasn't anybody else? It's just me and my loving daddy saying, "Hey, no one needs to. We don't have to have a banquet. Mm-hmm. And, hey, I, man, I'm proud of you. You don't
0: just know that. You know, and that's what we live for. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're not living for that, then we're living for the world. And yeah, it's all that's always going to be a conflict in a, in a believer's life, Brian, because you know. It, it, it goes to the story of, of the whole process of why God took Israel out of Egypt and then took them to the Promised Land. And then why they were there for 40 years. In, excuse me, in the wilderness 40 years before he had allowed them to go into Promised Land. And some people would, why would he do that? Because he had invited them out and he was taking them there. And, and it, it's pretty obvious if you began to look at the early on uh, uh, time that they had in the wilderness, and they began complaining, and then they began saying, "We want to have a, you know one of our gods uh, made, so that we can worship him," which was probably a sexual orgy, because a lot of that was back then, and. Um, and, of course, I think most people who know the account understand that. But here's here's the thing that parallels so much with the believer's life. Because the believer's life is very much like that. And that is, why why did he take them through the, the wilderness? And why does he take believers through the wilderness? Well, he took the Israelites out of Egypt. But he took them into the wilderness to get Egypt out of them. Mm-hmm. Because before that, they... They, they just served the gods of Egypt. And there were hundreds of them. And we've been there. We know mm-hmm. what's like there and what it was like there. And so they didn't know there, there was one God. They didn't know that. They knew there were Jews, but they didn't know the story about Abraham. Uh, really, they might have heard a little bit about it. Uh, but later on, they were able to know it. But the fact is, is that they had embraced so much of the society of Egypt the gods of Egypt, and yet they were God's people. And so when he brought them out of there, the first thing he had to do was get that mess out of them, get Egypt out of them. And the first thing you hear him say, there's only one God, and I'm He. And you're my people, and I will have no other gods before me. That's little g, by the way, Mm -hmm. the false gods. I'll have none before me. And that was 40 years of that coming out of that nation. It required that generation to die, and to be replaced with another generation. But that is that parallels with a believer's life, you know, you and me. And that when we come to know Him, first know Him, we're coming out of Egypt, but Egypt is still in us. And the way we uh, approach life is very much the way we uh, grew up. And part of that is seeking uh, approval from other people other than God. Starting with our parents, our teachers, our coaches, our teammates, our classmates, and then we then we get married, and then we have going to business, and now we want approval by our, our employer, by our customers. We want to be recognized, and we build a life based on that. That's right. But if God is going to do anything with that man, He's got to get that out of him. He's got to, those are idols; those are faults, mm-hmm. and this is where. I think it's important for us to, again, understand our mission and who we are. Because as a child of God, as a member of the royal priesthood, man, if you don't understand you're different, then you don't understand what God's done for you. If you don't understand your identity as a child of God, as a son of God, if you don't understand that identity, then you're missing the whole deal here. Because we've been adopted into the father's family. We're adopted. We're joint heirs of Jesus Christ. Man, we have been brought into the banquet table to live with him and to represent him, to represent his name. Hmm. And unfortunately, there are people out there that call themselves followers of Christ, but boy, do they represent him so poorly. They do a better job of representing the evil man than they do of the Father who is gracious and merciful and just. So some of the things I hear out there, but people that call themselves Christian, the anger that they that that's going on with them, with this political mess that's going on. I had a I have a f- pastor who's a friend of mine. He says, and it's a large church, and he said he just can't imagine the stuff that's being said on Facebook among members, and he says some of these people it's so violent. He says I wish they would leave our church. In fact, honestly. I wish they wouldn't carry the name Christian. Hmm. And where does that come from? Well, it comes from the evil man. But what's the trigger? The trigger is wanting to be approved. It's wanting to join the crowd. And you, know, you join the angry ch- crowd and you're made angry. So we, we are to be able to be individuals in this world that's willing to face anything we face with only one other person that stands with us, and that's Jesus. And uh, it's a scary uh, proposition to go out there and feel like you're by yourself, but it's a strengthening proposition if you know He's with you, and everything you do, He's pleased with it.
1: Is there a is there a way for a man or a woman to test themselves on that if they're living
0: for the world or living for are living for the applause of man versus the applause of heaven? How think? they respond to a situation. You know, you have an angry person come at you, and do you respond to them in anger? Or you uh, say, wait a minute, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not reacting here. I want to act according to the way Christ would act. Uh, and we live in a world right now that you're seeing more of that. It's a lot of opportunity. How about going the freeway? How many times do you get flipped off or whatever else kind of road rage is coming on? I mean, I've seen so many women, if they—if you got with them, they'd pull out a gun and shoot you. Hmm. So it's not just a matter of, you know, the redneck man out there that pulls a shotgun out and shoots you. Hmm. I mean, it's Betty Housewife yeah. that has that rage going on in her, too. I mean, we live in a world of rage and this political fervor on both sides is disgusting. And if Christians don't take a handle get a handle on that and recognize who they are to be representing and to stand up and do the right thing because it's to please him, not their constituents, then you know, we're missing the opportunity and they they're just missing their mission as Christians.
1: Hmm. I mean maybe another test would be if you are doing righteous acts
0: does, can you do it in secret? Hmm. Can you do with anyone even knowing about it? I had, a, I had a friend who told me one time, he says, you know, I, I tested myself on one thing. I hit a hole in one, uh, and I had some other people, but I didn't know them, They didn't, um, and they didn't know me. And I came home, and I just wondered how long I could go without telling anybody I hit a hole in one. <laughs> he said, I went along, uh, you know, wow, I surprised myself, but... I just couldn't stop it. I had to let it out. <laughs> and uh, because that's what we want. We want approval. We don't want Who, who wants to the older one and nobody sees it, right? That would be me. Could I tell you that that happened to me? No, it didn't. <laughs> I thought that was the pastor who's playing golf on Sunday who gets all money.
1: He can't, he can't tell anybody. <laughs> there you go.
0: But no, uh, I think your question is legitimate. And that is... Uh, you know, I love that. I love the. I love the thought that is uh, to do the right thing when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a good test right there, isn't it?
1: It is. I've heard that as the definition of integrity. That's a good one. You know, I mean, I think that's it. So, and
0: and those there's a little test for that every day, right? <laughs> well, you got an enemy that's going to test you, and you're gonna, got a, a father that's going to allow it because of the reason we we're talking about before, and that is he wants to strengthen our resolve. Yeah, and that's where it's that's where we find character and strength. But we got to be tested. Mm-hmm. Test is prior part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Well, I think our time's about up. I I appreciate it, Rocky. Again,
0: if this touched one person and they needed to hear this today, it was worth our time today. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, God is raising up some amazing men and women out there. We've seen it, Brian. uh I mean, we've had the opportunity to minister to thousands of people with this ministry and churches and pastors and prisoners and people in jail and internationally. Their core needs are the same. They are. They really are. And I feel like that what we're doing is we're restoring to them that which was lost. And Christ came. He said that I've come to restore that which was lost. And uh, what was lost when 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 sin came in this world was our intim- intimacy with our Creator. Yeah. You know, just to have that kind of tightness with Him that that is supernatural it's it's a, it's a, it's not normal obviously with anything that we can imagine it's but that's what happened he's he's created all things and he's invited us to have a relationship with him and and I, I, and we're seeing that there are people that are being raised up through this ministry that definitely are showing the signs of understanding that that we're seeing courageous men and women. We're seeing influential men and women. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the ability to influence people towards Christ by their lifestyles, by the way they do deal with things in adversity. And I think we're going to have more adversity. I think the world is headed that way. I think this country is especially headed that way. I think the church is headed that way. And I think, though, that's, that will be our finest hour because I think that's what God's preparing us for. That's right.
1: Well, thank you for your time, Rocky. And, uh, I want to remind all of you out there uh, that we have other podcasts you can you can find on our website under the resource tab. There's other topics. There's been, we've done quite a few now. We've done, been doing it over a year now, so we've got a lot of great great topics out there. There's also some blogs you can find under the resource tab that Rocky's written, and I've written a few, and all these are just resources to help you on your, your journey with Christ. And uh, one other resource I want to point out is if you have the Bible app on your phone, the YouVersion Bible app, uh, we are putting devotionals out there, and believe it or not, we have over 100,000 subscribers to that. that oh, really? People, yeah. Over 100 now. Over, over 100,000 And that just
0: started, what, August, September?
1: Yeah, like five months ago, six months ago. So it's it's crazy. So people is crazy. might be hungry for some of the things we're discovering, I hope. So. Well, you
0: know, again, it's just amazing that God could take a little humble ministry like this and get it out there. And I think it's because there's a need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: No, and yeah, we have new, almost every week. There's a new city that yeah. somebody either buys materials and or wants to find out what we're doing and how to start journey groups in their city. Just about every week, there's a new city. So it's it's really fun time to mm. to be alive and be doing this. So uh, um, the last thing I would say to all you out there is all you men out there, uh, we're doing our national summit in uh, here in Northwest Arkansas May second through fifth and. Uh, and there's 320 spots available, and uh, it's going to fill up and sell out. We know it is. So go to our website and, and register now. We'd, we'd love to have you. There's going to be guys from all over the country. So uh, uh, just get on there. You'll find all the information out there. And if you have to fly in, we will get you from the airport to the retreat location. So uh, it's going to be a really special time. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a podcast to talk a little bit about some of the plans for that. So anyway, well, this has been the uh, Influencers Network podcast, and I'm Brian Craig, your host. And I'm going to keep encouraging you out there to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you all.